1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Ijana Smaijin. This is Nurhadi House. I'm speaking now with a procurement doctor, uh, Katrik Rama, and we'll be discussing the topic on transformation of tender management. Thanks for coming and welcome to our show, Katrik. Thank you
2: so much, Nurhadi. I'm happy to be as a guest.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, before we get in, can you please brief a bit about yourself and your professional background?
2: Sure. Uh, well, I come with close to 13 years of experience. I've been I started off as a, a basic procurement guy handling the category, environmental services, professional services. Uh, I managed a, a team where we used to do the uh, end-to-end procurement activities, right from uh, the tendering process to contracts and the PO activity. That particular organization went on to uh, embark upon a procurement transformation journey, and that's where my journey started as well. And uh, For the last 30 years, I've been helping organizations set up their procurement processes, fix them. So I'm usually called into procurement organizations to help them fix the procurement issues. I start off by diagnosing their current procurement process, give them recommendations on their procurement process and systems. And uh, that's where I go in and do the diagnosis, give them the uh, potential solutions, what could help them fix, and also lead them to the pathway of a procurement transformation.
1: Interesting. So let's start to the middle question, Skathri. Uh, why the tender management system is required for the business?
2: Well, uh, most of the tender management uh, processes today in today's world, or it's been happening for a while. Uh, it's more so uh, very manual in nature. So manual work means uh, inaccuracies, okay? a lot of paperwork, a lot of when there's a lot of paperwork, there's a lot of time consuming activity as well. Um, The reason you really require a tender management system is to ensure you are effective and efficient in your process for uh, a buyer who's trying to source or buy products or groups as well as for the seller who's trying to bid for the things that he supplies to buyers. So this is the reason why you require a tender management system.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, uh, other thing I would like to know is uh, what are the main benefits of having a tender management system for a buyer and also for a seller?
2: Okay, that's that's a good question. So, to start off with the from the buyer side of things, because uh, the buyer for the buyer, most of the administrative tasks are minimalized. Okay, so administrative tasks would be minimalized. They could be streamlined. They could be standardized by uh, implementation of the tender management system. That's one of the benefits. The other benefit is uh, application of templates by sourcing type. So you could have repeatable templates that are available in your tender management system. This would mean you not creating the tender right from scratch every time. So that also helps you in efficiency. <clears throat> Having a proper audit trail, uh, since all the process is driven by the system, this would mean um, it getting harder to uh, to cheat or lesser corruption within the system. So you've got a proper audit trail and visibility across, uh, everything is online, uh, paperless. Okay, This would also mean that you have the latest information stored in one system, which means you have a single source of truth for all your tenders. So these are a the few benefits that I'd like to talk about.
1: I have another two question here. Uh, First is, what are the features of a tender management system? And second, what things to keep in mind after implementing a tender management system?
2: Okay. Now, uh, on the previous question, I also had to speak on the seller side. Uh, So, what I spoke about was on the buyer side. Uh, So, let me just give you briefly three points on the seller side. Uh, On the seller side, we have uh, a database for the seller where he has all his uh, requirements that the customer is asking for or the buyer is asking for, the design of uh, the product or the images that they need to reproduce or uh, sell to the customer, as well as other specific documentation or requirements that the customer is telling. Uh, you also have all the previous versions of the bids in one place for the seller. So that's also a lot of help because they usually are getting emails left, right, right, center, and for them to go back and look at a particular response, it's kind of take, takes time, takes time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, they also have this uh, amazing uh, way of getting new opportunities as well as a seller. So since he's on a network as a seller, not only one customer is accessible to him, but he is accessible to multiple other customers. as well. So he can potentially also get more work. Uh, by being on the, on the cell, on the tender management, that is from the benefit standpoint. Um, I remember you asking a question on the features, right? The first one was the feature.
1: Yes, yes, I was asking about the features.
2: <clears throat> Wonderful. So, uh, a few points on the feature side, <clears throat> and I'm telling you just from the uh, basic piece. There are a lot of features that you can look at in a tender management system. Uh, the minimum to minimum, your end to end tender process should be able to be managed in the in the system. <clears throat> which would entail right from drafting your tender, inviting the supplier or the seller, uh, getting the responses from the seller, okay, and then evaluating what the responses were, <clears throat> awarding it, and then maybe switch it to a contract or a peer. So that end-to-end process should be in your tender management system uh, as a feature. The other thing is you should be able to qualify your tenders. Uh, qualifying your tenders to ensure that the suppliers are worth bidding in on the tender, that should be another feature. And uh, the invitations should be done through the online medium. We don't want you to send an email, so it would not make a sense to do that. Um, There are a lot of organizations, especially in uh, some parts of Europe and the Middle East, they like using the sealed bidding process, meaning the supplier submits a response it comes back to you as a buyer. And uh, you it's like an envelope in which you get the prices. Only an authorized person can open the envelope to ensure to evaluate what the response is from the supplier. This is to ensure that we don't have any kind of a, 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 a corrupt activity or a malpractice that is considered wherein you get to see the prices of the supplier that is bidded and you're calling him and telling him you should bid lesser, okay? So instead of that happening, we have a sealed bidding process in specific categories, so you, you should have that as a feature as well, if your organization requires it. Uh, you, you should have the capacity of storing and retrieving historical tenders, all the details that you have historically tendered, uh, reports to understand specific uh, statuses of each tender. So this way you'll be able to manage your end-to-end tendering activities. And uh, if you look at it, uh, the last piece is uh, you should be in a position to do collaboration, which is internally within your organization. For instance, you have a a technical team who can help you evaluate. So you should be able to collaborate with that team on how to evaluate the supplier's responses. Even kind of a messaging system where you can message internally through the system uh, on uh, what the tendering piece is. Uh, Lastly, you could also have uh, utilized the auctions functionality or maybe a reverse auction, uh, in this case. You see specific is where you can do reverse auctioning. And, uh, you should be able to do multiple, uh, layers of tenders within a tender, like a RFP. Multiple bids within a tender. For instance, the first one is non-pricing, second one is with commercials. So the system should be capable of, uh, doing that thing. So that, uh, that's the, uh, features that I had in mind, uh, on uh, that that are required for tender management
1: and uh, the last question i have uh, uh, what things to give mind after implementing the tender management system
2: well that's a, that's a nice question uh, i ha- i can speak on this for the next two days but i'll just let you know, <laughs> know the two three points uh, in my that are kind of top on my mind and uh, if you see all three points are again have a overarching pattern okay uh, the first thing I would call is uh, spreadsheet love. Okay, Your love for spreadsheets, uh, not letting go of uh, the old process, for instance, you've implemented a tender management system, but you're so ingrained with your older process, which was uh, supposedly you didn't use a tender management system, you've been using spreadsheets right, to get the pricing with the, uh, from the seller and back and forth. Yeah. So instead of so what, what I've seen a lot of people do is they spend uh, millions millions of dollars. They adopt or implement a tender management system. And all they do is they attach a spreadsheet in the tender management system and send it to the supplier. So instead of using an email, they move to the tender management system and they're transacting with the supplier with spreadsheets. So that is a whole waste of money. Uh, definitely a no-no. Uh, I know there will be a lot of people out there uh, saying... Karthik, we can't get rid of spreadsheets, right? And I agree to that. There are certain cases where spreadsheets do come in handy. But I don't want everyone to go with the notion that uh, we use spreadsheets for everything. We should try to minimize that. Uh, only when it's very critical or that you cannot do it without using your uh, tender management system, that's where you can use a spreadsheet. Even a lot of these ten- tender management systems do have the option of exporting uh, the Excel spreadsheet With the line items, with the pricing, with the questions, supplier can enter his responses and upload it into the system as well. So you have a feature like that. Uh, You could still utilize it. That is one. Uh, The other thing that comes to my mind is uh, you being a special Sally, meaning everyone has their own little process of how they run their tender. So I'm an IT category buyer, and I say with an IT category, I'm, I'm specifically managing hardware. Okay, so I say hardware is completely different, and uh, my process runs only in this way. So, and you have your specific uh, tender questions as well, or the type of questions that you would ask, and it's like a special recipe for each person, how they run their tenders. That is not the right way to go, okay? Ideally, a tender management system, what what it's doing for an organization is it's bringing in more standardization, uh, you it's bringing in more visibility to the overall organization. Why not use that opportunity and improve the process? For, for instance, there's something good happening in hardware. We could use utilize whatever is common between the other categories and make it like a standard practice across all the processes. And uh, there are a lot of functionalities in the term tender management systems wherein you could uh, have a, a li- library of uh, templates or questions based on categories. So it is a nice way to standardize, and also, like I said in the beginning, if it would help reduce your time, efforts, and uh, bring in more uh, accuracy. So the third point, and this would be my last one in this area, is uh, be ready to change. Uh, a procurement, uh, a tender management system isn't a silver bullet to all your issues. Okay, so then you should be ready to uh, utilize the system. To the extent you can and you also should have also come back uh, and be ready to change because it's the system cannot be exact replication of your current process um each system might come come to you with uh, uh, standard cross practices or best practices try and see if you can adapt that uh, and if it's not working it's important that you communicate the changes that are required and uh, look at how you can improve so that's That would be my last point in terms of uh, uh, after implementation, you should still be ready to accept the change and also improve from there on.
1: Awesome. Awesome. All right. So before we close today's uh, conversations, uh, do you have any final talks, Kartri?
2: As a o- overall uh, key point from this discussion is uh, for me in, in particular, uh, the tender management system it is uh, it's a very nice tool to bring in as yeah. to, if you want to improve your overall process area. Uh, the overarching theme out here is the system should be able to manage your core process areas, whichever are core for you to run your business. And uh, the the key piece out here is to take baby steps,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: maybe potentially roll out by category by category, so that you one category runs it and then they're happy with the system, then you roll it out to the other category. So that way, you can roll roll it out the best way. And uh, you learn from your mistakes as the rollouts go forward and uh, you improve as you go. So that would be my uh, key takeaway from the podcast. Mm -hmm.
1: Nice. Awesome. All right. So thanks again, Katrick. really enjoyed to talk with you today and see you and goodbye.
0: At Vichara Supply Chain, we are committed to driving global perspective to embrace technological adaptation in improving process efficiencies. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share Vichara Supply Chain. And stay tuned for the latest updates. To learn more, visit our website www.bicharasupplychain.com.